Traduction. Translation. Traduction. Welcome back to Translator's Note. I'm Claire Bregabowski, and I'm excited to be starting up this new season after a long interlude with a wonderful conversation with John Keane. John Keane is a writer, translator, and professor. His translations include Brazilian author Hilda Hilst's Letters from a Seducer, and he is the winner of this year's National Book Award for Poetry for his collection, Punks. We spoke about translation as a process and an art, and about the need for more translation in the world. To begin, I asked about his own process and conception of translation. I particularly love to translate poetry. I think it is also one of the most difficult things to translate. Because not all poets do this, but many poets, particularly the great poets, use the resources of the languages that they're writing in, right? Um, the, the deeper resources of the language, especially the poetic resources. It, one of the great challenges of translating poetry <clears throat> is figuring out how to, it's not even so much replication, but to bring the essence of that poem that's drawing upon the resources of that source language into the target language. And so I always think of it as a process that requires a lot of humility, that requires a lot of hospitality, that requires care, that requires inventiveness and improvisation, right? that requires uh, that one acknowledge that translation is always a process at a certain level of failure. As you are at the very same time succeeding and creating in the new language, what is essentially a new poem that bears the essence of the original poem. So, so that's how I think about, or one way of thinking about uh, translation. And sometimes there are writers that I read in the original language, and I think, you know, I don't know how I'm ever going to translate this. If I, you know, I, I, I will, I will, I will puzzle through this in the original language, right? Uh, and uh, and, you know, at some point, maybe I'll get to it. And other writers I read, and I think, oh, my God, I have to translate this writer. So to give you two examples, two great uh, Brazilian poets, uh, one of them is still with us, one of them uh, no longer is. One of them, Ocasio Costa, he lived in Mexico for some time. He's now in Sao Paulo. And he's got uh, a number of poems that are, they are very compressed, very beautiful, and very, very challenging. And I've never translated uh, or, uh, any of Korsha's poems. Another poet who uh, passed away, I'm not sure how long ago, but was a, was a sort of major figure in the 70s and 80s and 90s, I believe, uh, was Paolo Leminski, uh, who wrote in, in uh, Afro-Polish uh, Brazilian poet who lived in the state of Paraná in the south of Brazil. And Leminski's poetry is also quite difficult to translate because he he plays a lot with language's polysemous character, right? He is very interested, for example, in very interesting rhymes. Uh, he plays, so some, some of the poems gesture towards extreme concision, but the kind of uh, multiplicity of meaning that certain words possess, right? And so the question is like, how do you translate that in English? But the thing about Leminski is 
in a way, maybe I don't know what it is when it comes to Leminski versus the question. But with Leminski, I feel like, okay, this is a challenge I'm going to solve, right? And I want to do this, right? And so I, I feel like, you know, in certain certain cases, I've actually figured out like how to do, how to how to create in English a poem that captures the 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 playfulness and the power of Leminski's poetry, right? That I haven't really sort of figured out yet with Kushta. So so that's how I think about you know sort of think about translation. But I, part of it also is you know for my own writing, always learning. You I'm learning about you know um, kind of the deeper resources of the English language. One of the poems in my book, Punks, is called Words, <clears throat> and the, the general. I'll just read you a few lines. I'm not going to read the whole poem, but just just so you get the sense of it. So th this is how it opens. When you said people, did you mean punish? When you said friend, did you mean fraud? When you said thought, did you mean terror? When you said connection, did you mean con? When you said God, did you mean greed? When you said faith, did you mean fanatic? When you said hope, did you mean hype? When you said unity, did you mean enmity? And it goes on like that. When you said X, did you mean whatever? And then the final line is, when you say art, do you mean act? Right. Okay. So I think of this. So this poem came out of a very interesting poetry reading that I attended in Chicago. I was sitting there. It was a sort of collaborative, very experimental, free-flowing poetry reading, right? And I won't go into the whole, it was, it, there were little rules and if you could get up and sit down and read and you could read your own work, you read other people's work and there was a little library there that you could draw from, right? It was so much fun. It was, it was like one of the most exhilarating experiences. But as I was, so I had my poems I was going to read. But then as I was there, hearing all of those words, I started thinking. And of course, I was thinking about the politics that were, you know, happening at the time, a few, just a few years ago. And uh, and that, that provoked this poem. But what interestingly happened the other night was, after I read this poem, the poet and fiction writer and translator, brilliant translator, Idra Novi, said to me, <laughs> immediately we were talking, uh, during an intermission, after I read this poem, and she said, you know, I could hear your work as a translator there, because in a sense, this is not just, you know, this poem is a poem about many things, about words and words meaning, but also, this is what translators say all the time, you know, when you say X, did you mean X? So we have to ask ourselves this if we can't speak to the writer, but we even ask ourselves this, just about what we're saying, right? So I thought, oh my God, that's it, that's it. Why did I, as someone who translates, not think that this was directly feeding into this poem? But in fact, yes, this is a poem about what I what I do, what we all, what all poets do, and what all translators do. And it's sort of sort of funny to think that you know, kind of on a latent level, it's there, but you know, someone else was able to see it. So. Um, sort of fascinating to think about, you know, how in, in certain ways it, it makes me think, it, it sort of shapes the work, even when I don't realize it. But at a fundamental level, it really makes me think about language. And just, it makes me think with, with real, real carefulness about, like, you know, what are words doing? What are the words I'm choosing? Uh, what are the meanings of these words? What effect do they have? How do they work together? Et cetera. I'm curious because you used you used the word care earlier, you used the word carefulness. And I'm thinking about that in relation to sort of conversations that I've heard coming up within the translation community about identity a lot recently and mm -hmm. sort of questions of who's getting translated, how to diversify who's getting translated, and then also sort of identity of translators and how 
that can or should play into the work that is being translated. And I'm just wondering sort of what your general thoughts are on, on those ideas. Ah, well, it's a, I think it's, it's a important conversation to have. We need, so first of all, I'm just going to say, you know, we, we, in the United States in particular, we really could benefit with a lot more translation. And this is not uh, an issue so much with translators because there are many people more interested in translation, we're doing translations, of all, translations of all kinds, right? It's a, more of an issue with the publishing industry, right? And the challenges that they face uh, and the challenges that they impose uh, when it comes to translation and translating works, particularly from non-European languages, but even from European languages. When it comes to identity, I think we have to be, we have to be careful. We want to think, uh, one of the things I'd like to think about is you know, if you are immersed in a culture, you know a culture very well, and you know the language well, and there's writers, there's a writer or writers you want to translate, you should do those translations, right? You should translate that work. At the same time, you should approach it with humility. And you should understand that, you know, you may you may think of yourself as an authority of a, of a kind. But someone coming from that language community, that cultural community, may grasp aspects of that world more fully than you do. Right? And so that doesn't mean that you shouldn't translate, but that means that you should approach translation always with humility, right? And with understanding that, okay, there are limits to what you know and uh, what you can convey. Well, I, let me just say this. I've actually written specifically about you know, trans. I have an essay translating poetry, translating blackness. It calls for translation of more black writers, in all the meanings of that term, from across the globe. Uh, and um, and I've also said at other points, you know, uh, it's important to translate women writers. Uh, it's important to translate uh, women and femme writers. Uh, it's important to translate uh, LGBTQ writers. Uh, it's important to translate writers from marginal <clears throat> economic positions, right? These are often the, the voices that are sort of vital to societies that we do not hear, right? Or we do not hear enough of, we do not see enough of. But again, I think even with that, for example, talking about translating Black writers, one of the things I said is that, you know, as a Black person translating, I have to be thoughtful and careful about trying to trying not to impose what might be an American shaped even if i think in sort of an oppositional terms in certain ways or critical terms about what it means to be american to try to impose my ideas on other on, on, on you know black black writers from other parts of the globe right who are or very well may be in conversation with what's happening in the united states but also come from a different context right um so not to sort of impose a, a particular kind of you know black American, as if there's not to say there's even one uh, hegemony or hegemonies uh, on in terms of how you know how I understand what it is I'm translating and how I think about what I'm translating. So, so I think it's a, it's a complex, it's a wonderful question, and a complex uh, set of conversations to have. But I come back to the point that we need we need more translations because you know part of our problem is you know particularly in Europe, we have a huge country with people from all over the world. And yet, so often, you know, not everybody, right? There's many Americans 
you know, look inward and outward. But there is this tendency to be to have a kind of, uh, you know, centripetal uh, relationship with the with the society and look inwards and not understand. I mean, you know, everything that happens across the rest of the globe quite often may not always, but may have you know some relation to what the United States is up to, and we don't even think about these things. It's like, come on, people, you know, the climate crisis, migration, you know. And so much else, you know, uh, various forms of oppression, right? You know, it's like, you know, the economic system. It's like, we're having an effect on the world. So, you know, come on, we need to look, we need to understand. And not just look at the rest of the world, but hear the rest of the world. And translation is one of the ways that we do this, right? And it's not only, and let me be clear, I'm not just saying that we do this for our own, you know, uh, edification and education, right? But we just, just to, just to, 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 hear the voices of others, and not in relation to ourselves, but in, you know, gr grounded in, you know, who they are and, and the stories they want to tell, right? You know, their accounts of the world. It, it's crucial. Yeah, you, you had this wonderful idea in that same essay that I, or what, what I read as one of the things you said was about the, the power of translation related to what you were just saying to sort of learn about interconnectednesses as well as differences in struggles mm -hmm. in experiences identities literary styles as well and i'm i'm curious i think so many metaphors and so many theories that we hear and absorb about translation posit translation as either doing violence or running the risk of doing violence to the text being translated and mm -hmm. i'm curious because all of the language that you're using is so seems to be pushing against that so strongly and i'm curious if those are ideas that you are simply rejecting and working against or are they something that you're really grappling with in terms of how to make sure that the translation work you do is having this this humility this true gentleness in some way to the text yeah no that's important I, that's a great question no, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely not rejecting them. I mean, I agree. I mean, it is always a process. I mean, the word translation itself carries within it the, you know, the the concept comes from carrying the body of something dead across, right? So yes, there is implicit violence in the translation, the act of translation. At the same time, we know translation can be a matter of life and death, right? It can be a matter of saving someone's life or not. I mean, this is, you know, thinking about, you know, translation in the courts, translation in hospitals and medicine, right? Translation in, in diplomacy. I mean, these things are actually crucial, right? So, yes, yeah, so so I, I I acknowledge that violence. It is something I'm grappling with, you know, and I, I, I primarily engage in literary translation. And one of the things I, that I was saying, saying earlier is, I mean, acknowledging that part of that violence is, is failure, right? So, you know, saying, okay, I'm something is going to be lost here. Right. And it's not just, the, you know, the kind of nostrum that something's going to be lost, but something is being killed here on, you know, on a certain level or ruptured or damaged or broken. Right. At the same time, something also is being reassembled and put together. And so acknowledging that violence while also acknowledging what the translated text, the effect that it has and how it speaks to people, I think is very, very important, you know? 
people have criticized certain writers. I mean, because there's a long history of translation. And, uh, you know, I, I just think about, for example, reading that, you know, Clarissa Lispector, I believe, it's, I believe I have this correct, that Clarissa Lispector, you know, some of, one of the people she translated was Shakespeare. So you're going to say, why are we talking about Lispector? Well, first of all, I love Clarissa Lispector and I love Shakespeare. And of course, Lispector is one of the most original writers in uh, Portuguese. Uh, and Shakespeare, as we know, is one of the greatest writers in the English language, right? And I think we can all acknowledge, okay, if you, maybe people who haven't read uh, Lispector, but most uh, English speakers who have read Shakespeare can acknowledge how difficult it is. First of all, how challenging it would have been to uh, grasp Shakespeare, the richness of Shakespeare in his day, and even today, right, the challenges. Okay, so to then translate Shakespeare to another language is we're talking about, I mean, this is a kind of quite a challenge. But Lispector did this, I believe. And, you know, I was thinking about that and I was thinking, okay, you know, I, I know she spoke some, she spoke English, but on another level, it's still important to think about those translations and that process, that act, right? What I mean, to take that leap. What does it mean to take a leap with authors like Lispector or Shakespeare who are so difficult, where there is no way you are going to bring them into another language without violence, right? Even languages that are very close, like Spanish and Portuguese. I mean, Lispector is a challenge, or like Ildeos, who I translated from Portuguese, is a challenge for, you know, Brazilian, native Brazilian readers, right? So, so you know, to, 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 to even take that step is to say that I am going to do something that is, at a certain level, an act of harm, and yet it also is an act of grace to be able to to try to give readers a glimpse, even if it's a glimpse of a Ilst or a Lispector or, in the other case, Shakespeare or any writer, right? Because, of course, we know that so many writers have, and speaking of Ilda Ilst herself, in her uh, book, Letters from a Seducer, Letters from a Seducer, Cartesian Seducer, she says over and over again, I mean, she you, you get this really like this extraordinary consolation of writers who were not Brazilian writers that she was reading clearly in trans, I'm sure in translation. I mean, um, you know, she uh, probably could read some of uh, some of these writers, but, you know, English language writers, German writers, Spanish writers, et cetera, French writers, right? This concept all in translation. And of course that along with, you know, uh, the Brazilian literature and Portuguese language literature that was her foundation that, that provided a kind of um, uh, soil out of which the garden of her work could grow. So, I, you know, I, I, I do uh, take great account of those theorizations of translation. And yet, as I say, care, humility, and grace, right, are fundamental to the process of translation as well, or should be. Translator's Note is produced by Claire Bregerbalski. Thanks so much to John Keane for sharing his thoughts and for taking the time to speak with me. This show is an affiliate of Exchange's Journal of Literary Translation and is made with the support of the University of Iowa Department of World Languages, Literatures, and Cultures and the International Writing Program. Thanks to Nate Repaz for the theme music, and credit for other music used in the show can be found on our website. 
As always, Translator's Note also wants to thank Aruna G, Jan Stein, and the MFA in Literary Translation community at the University of Iowa for their support. Traduction.